Hey everybody, welcome into the Haven Podcast. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you are listening to me, and I appreciate that. Hope you all um, are having or had an incredible work week and an even better sexy weekend on tap, and I'm going to try to do my best in order to get you there. Um, Apologies in advance for the slight delay of getting um, this week's video game focused episode up. I was actually trying to fit and squeeze in my review of this uh, free to play game that just came out this past Tuesday called Dauntless. Um, did a little bit of it yesterday and throughout the week and everything, so it was a good couple of days. But uh, I got I got a lot more questions and answers, and there's a lot of so far. What's the word I'm looking for? Like spoiler alert. Um, not very impressed impressions is that the right word um about said game so i'm trying to still just kind of give it the benefit of the doubt and give it more time to see if it opens up and if anything changes uh we'll see what happens so that is something you can look forward to on next week's video game focus episode i should be able to give my consensus review and idea about this game because it's full out of uh beta access and everything like that like this is all out for everyone to um, experience and what have you. So that was kind of the the mindset about that. So nothing like a quite a like a delay, and yet you still don't get it done. So that's the that's the amazing, incredible um, professionalism you get when you listen to the Haven podcast, everybody. But um, that's not the reason why you listen. You listen for the greatest news and th- and happenings in the world of video games. And actually, let's take a quick detour. Let's pull let's pull over on the side of the road, if you will, real quick. I have to. I have something I have to share with everyone. Uh, so this past week, I was uh, lucky enough to um, know certain individuals that allowed me to test drive for a couple days this week um, a 2016 Model S Tesla. Now, something you may not know about me is when it comes to cars. I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. I'm I'm indifferent about them. Um, I have several older brothers that are car fanatics for the most part. They they live and breathe that world, or they really enjoy it, right? So for me, I it, it's it's fine. It's there. You know, it's not a crazy passion of mine. But the idea behind Tesla and what Musk and his crew are trying to do and what they represent right now. I don't know. I just think it's really fucking cool. It's really different. It's someone that's trying to think outside the box a little bit in in ways that they can. So here I am. I get a chance to experience this. Uh, I was able to take the car out on Monday and kind of put it through its paces a little bit and and get to know it a lot more. And holy shit, the, the feeling that it has given me about cars in general, but also this car specifically is the feeling the the feeling it reminds me so much of the very first time I got to play and experience a PlayStation 2 where it just took this huge graphical leap and was doing things on the screen that you've never seen done before or you never thought you could it was some kind of pipe dream you know like something you'd see out of a bad early 90s um, kids movie and that's exactly what the Tesla brought me back to this feeling of enjoyment of a car of like anything's possible and whatever's in front of you or at your fingertips um, is is something else. And I mean, I got a chance to do, I couldn't do the summon thing that they have because I didn't have the app downloaded, the Tesla app to my phone. So I didn't get a chance to mess with that, but I did the auto drive and you know, Jesus take the wheel. I got this. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Tesla Musk take the wheel. Holy shit, getting to be on the highway and just double tapping that cruise control little dongle thing. And then the thing just takes over and just hugs every turn. And you put on a blinker and it just merges over anywhere you want by itself. Fucking ghost car. Holy crap. Just like I had a good solid, uh, I mean, full chub, to be honest, for a, for every time I've stepped into that car. And just the cool experience of walking up to and the handles is like pop out on you. A little light. You're like, oh, fuck, they just do simple better. It, it reminds me a lot, too, of when Apple and Steve Jobs, rest in peace, Steve, um, introduced the iPhone. And they just took tech to a whole nother level of what we thought was possible. And stuff from like books or movies that you've or stuff you've only like read about 
and you never thought you'd actually experience in the future and they made that they made that a reality but they did so in a way that's so easy and simple to comprehend and pick up it's not over complicated so when you have this vehicle where everything you do normally in a car has a switch for it it's all baked into this awesome ipad screen and what have you so it, it was just an amazing experience. Like, I was just so fucking giddy. I was on cloud nine. I think my wife shot a video of me doing uh, the autopilot for the first time and what have you. I may throw that on the Patreon um, and do some editing with that. But it was just an incredible experience. And it was so much fucking fun. And I just don't get, like, as an outsider looking in, again, not being a car enthusiast, right? Here I come to this table of conversation. I pull up a chair to the, the, the table and the conversation around it is if it is car enthusiasts and again i have no no dog in this fight kind of thing i'm not here when it comes to the tesla experience to be like oh it's energy sufficient and it helps you know greenhouse gases and global warming and i'm like great if it does great if that exists awesome cool let's go for it right um i don't care personally i'm like this is a fucking car made by techs and made by geeks and nerds and they are killing it holy shit this is just amazing and everything about it is just it feels so good and then when you start doing more research about their model 3 line and you can get one of those base at 40 grand and then you look at the tech that comes with it though at default they're not microtransactioning you the fact that their default settings are better than some cars that are pushing 100k blows my fucking mind like these guys are just killing it and rewriting the book and then you start kind of getting into like the nuts and bolts of uh, the Tesla company and the health of their uh, of the company in general and you can kind of see just people it, it, i've seen this conversation before and we i've always said it on the podcast history always repeats itself we are just stupid students and we choose not to study history to learn of what's going to come down in the future this is just another experience it, or another example of this. And it's just Tesla in the car market. That's all it is. Or the car industry, I should say, as a whole. So the fact like and the thing is, too, my wife owns a Nissan Leaf first generation. And so we do have an electric car in the house. And I, I've always been like, I oh, was this RC car shit. Then I got to drive that. I was like, oh, no, this is really fucking dope. But the efficiency of these cars and from my research, a lot of these other car providers it's all just like, I don't know, like, we got an electric vehicle, ha ha ha, look at this, like, we're not putting any fucking research into it, like, the tech behind it is insane, the fact that I'm driving like a crazy person in this Tesla, and I'm hardly losing miles with AC pumped in, or pumping out at me, and just going full bore heavy on the fucking accelerator, and it's like, holy shit, and like, oh my god, the 0 to 60 on that thing, I think like we timed it like 4.2 or 4.3 seconds, and now and this is an older model too so you have models now that are like they cut that time in half but just that acceleration like it just shit my pants they need a fucking toilet or a bidet that's something you put at the next year's model put a fucking bidet in that car holy cracky dude it's insane so just this feeling and just the craftsmanship of it everything just feels good and, and solid for the most part and it's fun and then the, you back up that thing that fucking camera Oh my god, it's like fucking dude, I can't wait till that shit goes OLED, 4K, fucking HDR. That's the next step for you guys at Tesla. But no, the way that camera is, it's nothing that car in general from inside and out is like nothing I've ever seen before or got ever got a chance to experience. And again, while I'm not the biggest car fan, I, I do keep kind of my eye on certain things. And you know, you see new things come out, and you're like, oh that's cool, it's a cool idea, but it's just so hilarious how much ahead of the curb they are on so many different aspects of the car buying experience, of you just driving a car in general. And I mean, it's it's just nuts to me. And you have these bigger car manufacturers that are so behind and it reminds me so much of Apple when they just came out swinging with the new iPhones. It wasn't always perfect, but they just made simple better. They made simple even easier. And that's what that car feels like. Like I think with maybe an hour or so in, if even that, I felt like I've had this car for a couple of years. Like I knew where everything was, what everything did and, and what have you. So I know this is not... Ryan McCaffrey's Ride the Lightning podcast, people. But I had to share this experience with you. It was uh, I've been I've been thinking about it in my dreams the last several nights of this car, and I I've never had that before. 
so it's an, a new experience that I'm sharing with all of you, and I hope you enjoyed this uh, mini pro rant of Tesla. And um, and by the way, fuck you to all those people. I have to get that off my chest. Like you go down this rabbit hole of anti-Tesla, and if this Musk guy is like turned out to be like a fucking serial killer or something, or he's using his money to like buy slaves and watch him just punch himself in the nuts. Like I get it. That's fucking weird. It's bad. Fuck that guy and his company. Do not support that. From my research, I can't find anything like that or similar. So it's like, here's a guy that's just putting his money where his mouth is, you know? And I mean, when the biggest thing people say about them is like, well, they're kind of, they're delayed on their, when you order a car. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know a fucking perfect meal has a set timer of one hour on it. Ugh, better leave. It's a fucking feast, motherfuckers. Take your time. Enjoy it. Enjoy the smells. Enjoy the taste buds of succulents of amazing holy shit that car is incredible but i should have said this before already but that's not why you listen <laughs> um so video game news let's jump into because we actually have quite a bit on the docket today that i'm very interested to jump into so this past saturday we had via jason schreier um aka sherlock holmes of the video game industry um, through Kotaku, he posted an article about what is happening with Call of Duty and, and Activision? Question mark? I know that sounds condescending, but no, it's it was actually a really good write-up. So, Jason Schreier broke the news that there is upheaval. That's the word he uses in his title. Sources, Call of Duty 2020 in upheaval as Triarch takes over. Plans Black Ops 5. So, per this article, for those that don't know... Activision, this is how, let this be a lesson to any big publishers out there. This is the setup you try and you do to milk the fucking cow drive of franchise that you just keep beating and beating until it's ashy bone from your just stick of milking this motherfucking franchise to its core. Fuck everything else. We lost Destiny. We let them walk. Got no other big IPs, right? Let's fucking milk this shit because it's good. And mind you, this is the same company that last year's Black Ops 4, who Treyarch did develop, or Treyarch developed it, what was the number they ended up announcing Activision at their quarterlies? Um, yeah, this game made like over $450 million in its first like week or something insane. And they're like, that's not good enough. It's a failure because we forecasted 550. And it's like, fuck, that's not Treyarch's fault. It's a lot of fucking money, man. Are you kidding me? And that's even before all your loot box microtransaction shenanigans and bullshit that you pulled on your customers, which I know for a fact people are so fucking angry about, and rightfully so. And you did this shit almost, what, six months after launch? That you started pulling strings. Like, I gotcha. You thought we did this. We we're going to do that. But nope, we're going to do this instead. Pulled the rug out underneath you. Suck it. And they did so with a smile. So, right now, the way the hierarchy is, or the structure, I should say, of the Call of Duty franchise is they have three development teams. Number one is Infinity War. They are the original creators of the Call of Duty franchise. Uh, the two guys that ran that, they left. And, um, God, what's his name? Oh, Vince Zampella who was one of the two original creators of Call of Duty that did work or, you know, did actually start and work at Infinity Ward. He left, went and um, started Respawn Entertainment, a.k.a. Titanfall, Apex. And so he got a partnership with EA. Eventually, EA a couple years ago bought up Respawn. So another dying developer down the road, I'm sure. But you have Infinity Ward. Then on there, right behind them, is Treyarch. Now, from what I recall back in the day when I was a child, before this shit got crazy, um, Treyarch was kind of like the redheaded stepchild a little bit. They were they were the B team to Infinity Ward. And they were trying to find their voice and their footing when it came to making these games. So Treyarch is the second one. And last but not least, the newer additions to the team is good old um, Raven. Ravensoft, I believe it's called. I know it's Sledgehammer Games, oh, and Raven. So these two studios work side-by-side side and together as the third, the C-team, to develop these games. So they, that's how they, they hit it every year. Every single year they have their Call of Duties come out. These studios get their call of it. Usually Infinity Ward, I think, does the Modern Warfare um, and stuff like that. Sledgehammer does something maybe around World War II. I think that was a couple years ago. I'm trying to remember... Um, 
But yeah, so you have that, and then Triarch usually does the Black Ops series. So they each have their niche, and then they have, what, two to three years each to kind of reset their batteries and get back into development cycle of the game. So now per this article, shit has hit the fan. Apparently Ravensoft and Sledgehammer are no longer seeing eye to eye. They got into it. I don't know if anything was exposed to any of the other co-workers or any choking occurred, but they got into it. Thus, going back to the drawing board several times throughout the course of the development of the game, because next year's 2020 game for Call of Duty is from Sledge and Raven. So basically, they they things got fucked up, and they the whole project's in upheaval. So Activision turns to Triarch and says, hey, we need you to come in, step in, save this game. Can you do that for us? Triarch's like, well, we don't really have a choice because you own us, and yeah, we'll do it. So here's the thing. Triarch's latest entry into the Call of Duty series was Black Ops 4, which came out um, last year around November, October, I believe, of last year. So 2018. So it doesn't go into detail in the article as far as when this conversation took place and Activision made the decision to be like, pull the plug on Sledge and Raven. Um, let's bring Triarch in to quarterback this this new game. Um, but do per the article, they are saying that Sledge and Sledgehammer and Raven are going to support Triarch in this, and it's like you bet your fucking ass they will because this is just going to be a shitstorm. So this year's 2019 Call of Duty is being made or developed by Infinity Ward, right? And it actually just came out this morning too that they're calling it funny enough, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> Which, it sounds like from everything that leaked this morning, or not leaked, but Jason Schreier kind of supported it and a couple other sources, they all said that it's going to be like a soft reboot of the Modern Warfare franchise, and it's like, alright, have fun with that. Um, so that's 2019's Call of Duty Infinity Ward uh, Modern Warfare soft reboot. Okay, got that? Cool. So next year's, again, was supposed to be Sledgehammer and Raven and their Black, or um, and their, I assume, World War II game or something of that regard. So now here we go, is... Here comes the switch, and now it looks like Triarch is going to have to get pushed up a year, probably a year and a half, and they're going to do Black Ops 5 with the support of Sledge and Raven behind them. Now, this is just waiting to be a shitstorm. Like, you can see the storm off in the distance, and as time progresses, we're going to get closer and closer to it. These guys just literally finished up their last game, Black Ops 4, in 2018, right? So they were probably fucking grinding, they were just crunch up the ass to hit that October street date of 2018. So these guys maybe got a couple months off. There's probably a small team that is still supporting that game and, you know, rolling out other updates. They have battle Royale. They worry about now and and the online portion of it. So we got that part. There's no single player for that. So here you are, depending when this choice and decision was made, these guys, let's say January, 2019, it was made. I mean, these guys are going to have, maybe less than two years to develop a game from the ground up and redo it. They can have all the ideas they want, but is it just going to be paint by the numbers, copy and paste of Black Ops, you know, four a little bit? Like, how's that all going to work? That's going to really severely not only fuck up your brand and your IP, uh, because your audience, your loyal fans are already kind of like, ah, this is not going well. We're not liking the direction of any of these games. But also you want to talk about major fucking burnout of the studio like this idea that raven and sledge is going to be able to support them great that's awesome i don't know what that actually looks like though because these guys couldn't even get out of the boardroom without supposedly getting into it so to think that they're going to be okay even with them being told and instructed you work on x y and z without issue eh, i mean there's there's clearly something underneath in, in the dna and the culture of both studios and there's something for them to look at there. So for Triarch to go in there and kind of spearhead it, but let alone, they're probably told they're going to babysit. I imagine that's the conversation Activision had with the Triarch team and just said, hey, you're going to babysit them, you know, give them the work to do. You go with the direction. It's it's not going to be as, as insane as you think it is, you know. Okay, I don't think that's going to last. I think I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or so or within the year, we see another article from a Jason Schreier or somebody that's like, nope, Treyarch had to step up and really take the reins of this. And because of that, they had to get even more hands off with their next Call of Duty project that's going to come out in another two years kind of thing. So this really, really fucks up the flow and it's going to burn the shit out of these people. So um, 
we'll see what happens, but that's my Danny Domus prediction. There's going to be a lot more shit coming out about this. This is usually never good in video game history. Don't get me wrong. There's other very good studios that have gone through something similar like this. Most of the time it is a train wreck, but some of them are able to pull up the reins and, and make it work. But there's always an aftermath cost. There's always a huge level of burnout and frustration and like just a, a big what the fuck. And then that's when you hear the next story about insane crunch happening in at Treyarch where people are just like smashing their head against the wall because they're like, can I just like go take a piss in peace, please? Like, can we can we do that? Like, this is wonderful. I'd love to see my family again. So <laughs> it's just it's insane. Um, so I my feels for Triarch, you know, obviously you guys don't have a choice in this matter and you got to do it. And I we will see what happens with this franchise. But I wonder, I mean, they probably won't. They, they really can't take a break from this. This is a huge this is Activision's biggest moneymaker. Like this is their equivalent of what EA experiences year after year with FIFA and Madden. So at least they got two of them. But we shall see what happens. But speaking of EA, of course, why wouldn't it be a Haven podcast episode without me taking a shit on them? Um, <laughs> it's always good. You got to love when when the weekly news of the main conversations like that people are talking about in this industry is usually on a weekly basis looks and feels like something relating to loot boxes and microtransactions. It's just, eh, it tells where the industry's at with certain stuff, you know what I mean? But speaking of this, uh, we have the, the an update on the loot box bill that I spoke of on, on the podcast a couple weeks ago. So we have a uh, gentleman senator from, a Republican from Missouri, I believe it was, Massachusetts, somewhere there. So he's got some bipartisan co-sponsor support from two other Democrats. Um, so both major parties are, are at the table with this, and they officially unveiled the details of the bill and what that looks like and structures like. So I assume there's some tweaking to do before it goes out and everything. But the main focus is legislation to target pay to win and loot box transactions uh, in this sphere and, and basically government getting involved to regulate um, this aspect of the video game industry, which is very interesting because they've done it before um, a little bit. And this can always kind of you, you leave a, 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 the window open a crack and they fucking break in, you know, it's like I'm just trying to get some fresh air. You don't have to come in and, you know take my towels and make them a rose petal on on my bathroom (laughs) and freak me the fuck out, you serial killer. So with that said, um, I'm not going to lie. I looked at this bill in full detail. I don't know what half of this language means. Actually, 90% of this language means. So I used good old Google to try to get the cliff notes of it. That's that's the reporting. What's the word I'm looking for? Reporting uh, efficiency and professionalism of the Haven podcast. (laughs) But that's why we're here. So you can just copy and paste it and throw it back in my face. So the thing is, at the end of the day, it it kind of aligns with most of what we heard before this bill and detail came out. However, this bill will not target cosmetics. It will still target anyone 17 and under. They do not list the ESRB ratings of, um, you know, E for everyone to M for mature in this. It's just basically pure off age. So I'm wondering how that's going to work because mature is technically, as we talked about before, 17 and up so this is kind of a thing and then in more detail it looks like they're trying to put in legislation with this bill that forces video game publishers and i would assume the developers in in hand to be more accountable for how they present and them taking on the onus that their games do not get in the hands of children that's a lot easier said than done i know there's mechanics out there for that but that's just like okay this is getting really intensive now for me the whole cosmetic thing it's it's still fucking gross to me like the whole i i don't get it i rather play a game in which uh if there's a cool unlockable when it comes to like just a skin there's no stats attributed to it there's no gameplay advantage i'm more of a fan of i work to earn that i work to do something to get that exclusive skin so when i am rocking it around uh, the game world people can see that they message you because it's a pure narcissistic thing but it's also a pride for me of like yeah i'm the idiot that grinded how many hours and worked my ass off though to get this exclusive item and now when i walk around people are like dude what the fuck is that how'd you get that shit like that goes hand in hand too 
with the old school MMORPG mindset of unlocking things. I love that. I think that's a element that has been missing from modern video games for a very, very long time. And we touched on it a little bit when it came to achievements through Xbox and, and trophies with PlayStation, where it's like, oh, I had this hidden unlockable thing. Like, that's cool. That's a fake digital trophy I can hold up. But I don't take too much pride in that. I know others do, and that's perfectly okay. Just do your thing. When it comes to video games, like actual items you obtain, I'm all about earning them. Um, I, I think a good experience of that, and I've talked about it before, is what I experienced with Destiny 1. The fact that there was weapons and gear that I was able to obtain because I worked my ass off for it. And then I would get messages via PlayStation Network from other users. Like, dude, what the fuck is that gun? What is that piece of... How the hell did you get that? Like... Half the time, like, I don't know, man. And it's hard because in this day and age of internet, everyone just posts a copy and paste. Like, this is what I did. This is how it works, you know? And it's, so it's definitely a, a different landscape. But, and I understand that. But you still can have that stuff. You can still have the enjoyment of it, even if it's for a little while. Sorry, I took a sip of my cold brew. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit of like, uh, okay. But so we start going back to cosmetics. So it's like, okay, that's okay. But we don't want loot boxes and gambling with the children and everything like that. Okay, you're trying to tell me adults can't be addicted to this shit either, though? You're trying to tell me there's not some asshole out there who goes on these free-to-play games or the ones that do sell cosmetics, and it's like, I'm going to buy the fucking whatever, the $20 red dot or whatever it was from Call of Duty because I'm badass. Like, it's your money. Do what you want, dude. But that dopamine hit of it and this idea of keeping up with the Joneses is still always there. And I don't know. It just seems kind of gross. I, I'm not a fan of this in any way. Just let me pay my money for a game. I've been on the bandwagon of if you want to raise prices because of your false narrative of game development costs going up, which have been proven to be kind of bullshit, um, so be it. I'll give you a 10 extra bucks a game. I have no problem with that. Or better yet, if you make a certain type of game and you're like, dude, we want to keep this going. We need to make money. I'm more than willing to pay you um, whatever, 30 bucks, 40 bucks for an awesome expansion. Um, say you are games as a service or you're trying to do that model. Okay. I have no problem giving you 10 bucks a month, every single month as a subscription for games. That's old school, like MMO PC, right? And a lot of people shun their nose at it. Again, I do that a lot already with like all these other video subscriptions that I have in my own home that I consume, whether it's HBO go or HBO now or Netflix and Hulu. So I, to me, it's not a foreign idea. The problem with that concept, however, like anything else you can poke holes in, is when these devs or these publishers are not being reasonable and meeting the consumer halfway in the middle, you know, at the table with them and hand in hand. You can't sit there and expect to charge me 10 bucks a month every month and you give me a half-assed product. Like none of this games of service bullshit. When the games come out, they're fucking half-baked if we're lucky at this point. And then they tell us, it's free, so you can't be pissed off at us, so give it a year. Maybe a year. It will be it will be the game that should have launched the year prior. And it's like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you guys keep pulling this shit in. We as consumers are so idiotic enough to fall for it because people love free. Doesn't matter what it is. People love free. Even if you say this one, yeah, but you can, instead of being free 99, it can be 9.99 a month and you have quality over quantity. Don't care. I want free reuse skins and I'm still going to bitch about it. Like, oh, fucking pick a lane, dude. Like you want everything for free. Like this is not how this, how these companies make money and business work. So again, we could talk about that and the whole mindset of culture and video games uh, for hours on end. Um, everyone has their opinion and their takes on it. I'm sure there's takes and viewpoints on it that I haven't brought up, even though I, I try my best to when it comes to these type of situations or these type of topics. But yeah, as far as this loot box, loot box bill goes, we'll see what happens. If cosmetics are greenlit and still and they're okay to go, eh, we'll see. But I will say this, be prepared for the hammer to drop from publishers. Um, EA Activision, it's already been reported with this thing kind of pushing forward now that they have both parties supporting it that these publishers are losing their shit they're trying to create false narratives and information out there that these that loot boxes microtransactions are not a big deal um that it's all made up shit by politicians to push a certain narrative and absolutely it probably is but this idea that your meth does not hurt people and your drug doesn't hurt people is also bullshit it's fuck it with your money and you get paid to make sure that your employer's money does not get fucked with. 
That's the end game, people. That's simple what it is. Let's let's call the reality of it. However, when I say the hammer is going to drop or be prepared for that, these bean counters that these that these publishers hire, their job is to squeeze every penny, right, out of us and do so without them spending a lot of money, okay? And that's kind of how the industry trends have been for a while. They've always been around, but I think it's a little bit more evident than ever. Cool. Now, here's the thing, though. When you start... These bean counters, it took them a very, very long time to come up with this new Ponzi scheme, if you will, of how to take advantage of loot boxes, and they have like kind of a plan B and C, and they think they're set. They pitch it, and then the other bean counters hear and see it from other their bean counter teammates from a different team or different publisher they take it it's like it's a cool idea they finally broke it through let's tweak it though and we think this might be a better idea and they're all just trying to do it until what's acceptable right so when these bean counters get to this level and they have their a through c plan and now all of a sudden you have legislation and we as consumers are like you can take your plan and shove it and we show that by not spending money then all of a sudden, they're like in panic mode, right? They're like a caged animal that's fucking starving and they're going to tear their way out. So they start doing that. The problem is they are so frightened and scared of their plan being affected. They're not thinking five steps ahead of let's go ahead and figure out a new Ponzi scheme. No, 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 no. They're thinking we got to hold on to this Ponzi scheme because it took us fucking forever to come up with it in the first place. We like it, it, things on fucking, you know, on life support. And instead of just keeping it moving, pulling the plug, they turn around like, no, we can bring them back, make them stronger, faster than before. Like stupid, idiotic behavior like that. So they're going to fight tooth and nail for this. And then what's going to end up happening is if this bill does go through and there's no weirdness behind it, which remains to be seen, um, they'll sit there and still use cosmetics, but they'll try to nickel and dime us somewhere else. That's a lot more severe. That's what I mean when I say the hammer is going to drop. They're going to drop DLC or they're going to do... Uh, they're going to raise the price of the cosmetic entry significantly. We see publishers, even before the ship became ant or is moving towards being outlawed, already charging anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks for a fucking skin. And they're just testing the waters. They want to see how it's go. So when this thing falls through, if it does, and this shit gets banned, these assholes, these fucking bean counters are going to be like, oh, oh, you got, you got, we got to, we got to raise prices on everything, everything, all cosmetics, fucking hundred percent up. You know, and then the publishers and people are going to yell and be outraged and scream. And then the publishers are going to say, it's like, well, you guys were okay with the, the, the microtransaction, uh, 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 outlaw bill on us. We got to make money somewhere. We got to make somebody guys costs are going up. Costs are going up. And it's like, yeah, because you fucking hire so many fucking people, treat them like fucking dogs that are in horrible conditions. Actually, that's an insult. There's dogs that are treated way, way better by their owners than these fuckers with their employees. And you put them through the fucking meat grinder because you're like, let's get more people so we can have, instead of, you know, three people working on something, let's have 10 people. But it's all okay because when the project's over, we'll lay them off. And then we could say, hey, money's is not there. It's a foolproof plan, right? So it's that kind of bullshit. So just be prepared for that. These guys are not preparing for the future without microtransactions. And they are going to cling to the dead corpse of it as much as they can, especially EA. That has literally been their lifeblood. They've tried to transition a little bit step by step. You saw that with Anthem. No one's fucking playing that game. No one's fucking buying their shit. Because that game is just broken and incomplete. And as we've talked about before on the podcast, EA is asking the wrong questions in the wrong way to their consumers. And they're telling the wrong answers and telling it in the wrong way to their stockholders. And this is all done on purpose. Like again, they're in they're in denial. I, if anything ever happens and like fucking FIFA Ultimate Team or Madden Ultimate Team is outlawed, which in theory this bill would do, <coughs> if I'm reading it correctly, EA's fucking going under. They have no franchises. They have no IPs. Because again, they've gotten so much money from these IPs. It's so fucking expensive that now all of a sudden when they come to the stockholders table and says, hey, we're not making our billion dollars anymore from FIFA and Madden. We're making only $400 million. People are going to fucking start selling. They're going to lose their shit. Like, what the fuck you mean on a billion dollars? What's going on here? And, like, they try to do that with uh, Apex Legends. Look at the numbers on that. And everyone's saying, oh, because their free content's not there. That's why I'm not playing. Their seasons are not very good. That may be it. 
That absolutely may be it, but it's not a good foolproof model. It doesn't work. It's a band-aid approach to this industry. And I, I get them trying to do different stuff, but the different stuff they're trying to do is very, at least in my opinion, very much of a two-birded middle finger to us, the consumers. That's not cool. So, anywho, I, again, I could wax poetically about this um, forever. I mean, I'm already at 35 minutes, so that tells you I did. But, hey, what are you going to do, right? But loot box updates. So, on, on a more positive note, look at, uh, let's, let's jump over to this topic. So, we talked about it briefly on last week's episode. Huge big deal with Sony, Microsoft coming together and sharing as one would share their significant other with a stranger coming together and sharing the Azure streaming tech of Microsoft um, going to be the, the the foundation, the backbone of PlayStation's streaming services moving forward. Let's think about that. You're Microsoft. You've been investing in this. Uh, the beta and the whole uh, the rollout of all this is coming down later in the pike this year. Um, I believe at E3 this year, they're going to make mention of it. I think in post interviews of the conference, they'll tell people like, hey, you can go sign up to test out xCloud now, right? So xCloud, all that stuff, that's Xbox's thing. But the tech behind it, Azure, the streaming service, um, PlayStation's on board with that now. Awesome. You know, and apparently there was a story that PlayStation, the PlayStation family did not know this was happening and they had to calm people down. I don't know if I talked about that last week or whatever. I thought that was fun. That, that fucking was hilarious. Like, who's upset about that? Like, fuck this. We're fucking going to bed with Microsoft. Like, losing their shit. Like, some guy's just screaming, jumps on top of the table, takes his shirt off. Uh, but apparently... I mean, I guess I should take a step back. That's that's not fair to this random person and their irrational actions that they could be possibly demonstrating in the workplace. Um, apparently, they Sony had a streaming service kind of agreement with Amazon, and stuff got weird in negotiations. Thus, why Sony walked away from that that deal on that table, and they decided to go to Xbox or Microsoft. I'm sorry, and use their tech. So because of that, I guess a lot of stuff that PlayStation had developed streaming-wise and cloud-wise was through Amazon, and that's a different subsystem than what you're looking at with Microsoft. So I could see I see someone being pissed for that reason. If they are butthurt because you're just getting in bed with your competition, aided fucking video games make strange bedfellows is all I got to say, and I love it. So with that said, a new report has come out via David Gibson's, or David Gibson, sorry, that Nintendo, who we've been seeing over the last few months now, get more and more cozy with Microsoft and with Xbox specifically. But this new report says, yes, Nintendo is going to start using Microsoft's Azure streaming service as well to create to be the foundation, the backbone of their own streaming app that they're going to do. So I would assume Nintendo's version of Game Pass kind of thing, which is, is to me, that's tremendous. That's great. Because um, Game Pass, I think, is one of the greatest creations in the video game industry that we've ever seen. And it just keeps proving its worth to me over and over again. It's going to get even better, too, when Microsoft finally gets their first-party shit uh, together. And they actually are releasing quality, not quantity, but quality um, first-person or first-person first-party games on Game Pass Day 1 launch. So with that said, this opens up, per the article, very uh, uh, interesting ideas in that because the backbone of Microsoft streaming service, Nintendo's and PlayStation's, is all this Azure stuff, it can all be cross-platform. So you could see it in theory where all of a sudden you're on a Switch and you see PlayStation streaming service now. You have Game Pass on there as well as Nintendo's. That's fucking rad, man. If they can do that, why can't you, if you're PlayStation, be like, fuck it, we're, you know, our new exclusive game that's on our streaming service, depending how they do it, or hey, Last of Us, you know, one, the remaster is now on PlayStation Now, which is like their Game Pass thing, but not as good, or not good as all, or not even close to being as good, is now on PlayStation Now, right? Oh, wait, PlayStation Now is on Xbox. Like, why not? I don't understand it. It's pro-consumer. You are all fucking eating money. You all are making tons of money off of this. Everyone will be happy and lose their shit. And I think that's beautiful. I'm glad to see that. I don't know who it might be within PlayStation. It seems they're coming more around to the idea of cross-platform play. Um, and I think that's amazing. Like, let's keep just move it forward. Let's get away from these 
old ideas and 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 thoughts that are just ancient and stupid and are totally outdated keep it moving it's gonna is it gonna work fully i don't know but damn i'd like to say like wouldn't it be cool if you know like we actually gave it a, an honest try and it does work that's what it's all about so um speaking of xbox and this will be our last topic as we wrap up today's video game weekly focused episode possible spoilers ahead for microsoft or xbox's e3 presentation so when we hit this sunday we're literally two weeks away from e3 so i'm feeling it in my belly bells and my and you know I'm, I'm excited i'm ready to go this is freaking awesome i we are so close to everyone just just doing their thing and i absolutely love it so this was a leak that came out so if you for potential spoilers if you want to go in cold turkey or not cold turkey you want to go in blind for xbox's um, possible E3 lineup. Again, none of this, take all with all this with salt. It could all be bullshit. It could all of it be true. More likely, it's probably somewhere in the middle, I like to think. So if you want to go in, bright eye, bushy tail, no idea. Get off the internet now, I would suggest. But that's, uh, just pause it. Pause it and come back and listen to it in a couple weeks if you want to. Um, and then you can kind of compare notes. So the reason I talked about this a little while ago Everybody and their moms is leaking shit for E3 now in the industry. And, I mean, we had an awesome leak. What was it? That From Software, the guys that did, um, was it Shakiro Die, Die Twice or whatever? The guys that do Dark Souls and everything. We had the leak come out and reports and sources that fucking Game of Thrones creator George R. R. Martin is teaming up with them to write their story. And they're making, like, their next game is this huge open world game. And that it's going to be featured at Xbox's press conference. Um, that was a rumor. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, come on, George, write your books. But my point being, if you want to go in completely blind, shut it off, pause it, come back, et cetera, whatever it is you want to do. Um, so with that said, we're going to jump into it. Now, I did say a couple weeks ago, if you all can remember, that all this stuff is very interesting as we get close. Things are leaking left and right. You got shit all over, you know, whether it's Reset Error, NeoGAF, 4chan, Reddit, someone's cousin's roommate is leaking stuff, etc. So when I talked about this, it was like, I'm going to try to do my due diligence of kind of filtering out the bullshit and the shit um, before I say it on the podcast. And you're like, well, Danny, what are you doing then if this is all hearsay kind of thing? Well, here's the thing. So this leak occurred uh, earlier this week. And then about 40 days, I want to say 30 or 40 days prior to this latest leak, we had something similar come out. Another Microsoft's E3 blah, blah, blah leak, right? And we've been hearing some of this information as far as titles go and who's creating them as early as fucking actually E3 of last year. So I'm starting to see the pieces come together. I'm starting to see the pieces become repetitive and different sources of all kinds reporting the same stuff. So again, take with salt. But to me, this is also a fun part of E3. Just fucking... Just, just causing shit and talking about it. So when I see a bunch of things line up and repeat um, that seem to be from different sources, I'll you know let's go for it. Let's have some fun with the conversation. And you're absolutely right. This could all be repeat shit from somebody else too. So let's let's jump into it. So I'll start off with reading the list of this E3 leak that for Xbox's Microsoft or Xbox's E3 conference that's coming up here in about two weeks. Um, I'll start off reading the list to you. And then from there, I have another list. Oh, I'm always making lists. That's why I got Cassidy and Schindler's list. So with that said, this comes from a uh, user over on NeoGAF named Browdley or something. Anyway, they do got banned. So that should tell you something already. So this lady guy, etc., posted on NeoGAF again this week and said, this is my, this is the list of what you can look forward to at Xbox's E3 conference this year. So to start off, we have Halo Infinite, which is the new Halo video game. Um, it will come with a new trailer with a holiday 2020 release date announcement. Okay, it kind of adds up, and it's kind of what we've been seeing, um, as well as a full gameplay reveal with a September release date of this year for Gears 5. Again, so far safe, it lines up with kind of what we think we know and, and everything like that. Um, Gears Tactics, new trailer with release. That's the one they teased last year. Okay, I, I can see this. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, a new trailer with release date. Ori, uh, if you, again, if you haven't played the first Ori game, I believe it's on Game Pass, go fucking play it. It's fucking incredible. That is one of the 
best Xbox exclusive games you can play. And I think it might be, I think you can play it on PC too. But Will of the Wisps is the sequel. Again, so far lighting up. So this is where it gets a, a little bit of a, a peak interest for me. Bleeding Edge, which is a new IP from Ninja Theory, will be a cross-gen sci-fi game. Okay, so Ninja Theory is the latest studio, the guys that made um, Susuma. Is this Susuma, or is that the orange I'm thinking of? Um, they made that awesome um, single-player game with the Celtic lady. Microsoft bought up the studio last year at E3 when they made that announcement. So they're going to show off their new IP, which, okay, kind of makes sense. I don't know how much they're going to show off. That I kind of put with an asterisk because... Phil Spencer has said he's very weary of, of talking about and showing off games that are not ready quite yet or have a long development cycle because it's burned them before in the past. But again, they they have an okay-sized studio. They've beefed up staff since being purchased by Xbox or Microsoft. So yeah, I can maybe see this kind of working a little bit. That they're maybe further along the development road than we think. Then there's Outer Worlds, which is the, uh, will have a new trailer as well as release date. This is a game I've talked about, I think it was a month or so ago on the podcast from the incredible uh amazing development team of obsidian who again is now owned by microsoft if you haven't please check out a trailer for this it is oh so fucking amazing looking so excited for this game so moving on we have cyberpunk 2077 um, which will be a gameplay trailer and release window reveal this i buy there's no cd project red is not doing their own conference um so it makes sense they do have a history of a partnership with microsoft in terms of marketing and no one else has shown up at the party like sony's not doing a presser this year nintendo's still doing their direct and then you have ubisoft and square enix and i think bethesda's going sunday night so some of the heavy hitters are still there but as far as like the the usual stages you would unveil as a third party uh, developer boom right there xbox for you and i mean follow them on social media like the cyberpunk stuff and cd project red they're 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 all in they're like this is the biggest e3 of our companies like our history like this has to this has to be great then we have age of empires 4 with a gameplay reveal and a 2010 2020 release date again they announced this uh, i think it's um i think it was a pc exclusive show or maybe it was at e3 it wasn't on their stage that they're bringing this back they've been working on it for a while but they did say this is a pc exclusive so I'm hoping, fingers crossed, with mouse and keyboard support now going for the Xbox that, boom, they finally say, hey, this is Xbox official. Then we have our tease, and again, this has been talked about for a while. It's like the worst kept secret in gaming, the Fable reboot. Um, we'll get a tease for it, but the game itself is exclusive to next-gen Xbox for a likely release in 2021. Again, Playground Games, the guys that make Forza Horizon, this is their first time going away and making a game from the racing series, and they've they've beefed up their staff considerably. They have two, from my understanding, amazing teams. They brought in a lot of talented people. Then they say, hey, Sea of Thieves, new content. Battletoads, that's a game plan release date. We'll see what that fucking looks like. Um, then we'll have an info dump for Project X Cloud. And then finally, the baseline for the specs of the next gen Xbox Scarlet. And then the last bullet point is boom third party games. So Microsoft's going to have a fucking packed conference. We'll see what happens with that. And I just hope it's good pacing because that's a whole lot to put in there in one thing. So I'm curious what gets cut, if anything. So I talked about the second list, right? So this came out again 40 plus days ago, and this is from a different user uh, in theory. It actually was first listed on a, uh, as an article on a Spanish website, and then this person that came out and kind of confirmed most, if not all, the details is actually a verified admin from good old Reset Era website. So with that said, this is what they said, and you can kind of see it here a little bit. Things kind of lining up. The show will start with a mass or Master Chief Collection trailer for the PC edition. This will be followed by a new Halo Infinite trailer gameplay showing a 2020 release in time with Scarlet. I think they already announced the whole Master Chief Collection on PC, if I'm remembering correctly. So they already got that off the list. I think that's them trimming the fat already. But look at his second part of that paragraph, Halo Infinite. Um, up next, Gears 5 gameplay with a holiday 2019 release. Then, oh wait, what's this? This will also continue with Gear Tactics. Um, then we'll have new gameplay for Battletoads and Ori, Will of the Wisps. Okay. New expansions for Sea of Thieves. This one is good, though. A new mech game by Piranha Bytes. I think it was reported that Piranha was in, in talks to get purchased by Microsoft. So keep an eye on that because they have the Mech Warrior series, which, 
Again, Phil Spencer, I think he might have read this. I think I may have caused this if this is true, guys. If there is a new Mech Warrior and or Mech Assault game from anybody, I think I may have caused this. I, I went after him, Phil Spencer, over on Instagram. I'm telling you. I sent him a message. He didn't reply. He didn't even like it. I was like, dude, you got all these Mech IPs. Go ahead and make a new Mech game because fucking EA has sodomized a fucking, what's it called? Titanfall. So new expansions for Sea of Thieves, Piranha Bytes, Mech Game, etc., then there will be announcements of a new studio acquisition. This is kind of back and forth. I I mean, I could see a situation where they announce nothing, but I could also legitimately see a situation where Microsoft announces three new, up to three new studio acquisitions as well. And then here's something else. The world premiere of a Dino Crisis reboot. You guys remember that? Huh? Remember that game? Lady with the, the short red hair? Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I love people losing their shit. It's a fucking great game. Fucking amazing. Like, oh, I'm glad they're bringing it back. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, again, if it's a kick-ass game, that's all I care about. As well as, uh, continuing on this list, a new Splinter Cell game announcement, which has been rumored forever. We fucking need one. Um, And then Playground will show a tease of the new Fable game. Oh, look at this. Ninja Theory will show off their new Bleeding Edge. And then Rare will show a new IP for next-gen systems. The next-gen consoles will be revealed, followed with new functions for Xbox Live and more xCloud information. So again, you're starting to see it line up. This could be the same fucking user. I have no idea. But definitely quite a bit of time apart, but they're closer and and as far as leaks go than we usually get. And you can see a lot of things. Obviously, the, the way it's positioned is a little bit different, and that's fine. But I think you're kind of seeing, like... Okay, this stuff's starting to add up. So if that is the case and that's what we get, that sounds cool, I guess. I mean, I want to see the whole thing and how they roll it out to see if it's like they're just fucking cranking the wheel of like world premiere, world premiere exclusive, you know, that shit they do. Um, If it's just overwhelming and I'm just like, okay, I feel like a fucking zombie right now. Like I'm not taking in any of this and you're just showing me some 30 second trailers. Ugh. Like, take a step back. Show me some fucking gameplay. Let me get excited. That's what it's all about, man. That's why I love when Sony did their presser, not the year before, the year before that, where they're like, dude, here's God of War 4. We're taking our time. We're going to show you a good chunk of gameplay um, and all that. I love that shit. Go for it. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, as you can see, some things are starting to line up, but I'm sure by the time I record this and I check, there's going to be a huge another leak of about something, you know, with E3 in mind. So, anywho, you guys. Woo, tired. Need a nap after this. Um, that is going to do it for me today, you guys, on this week's video game focused episode of the Haven Podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. As always, if you like what you heard or if you're me about it, um, if you would so kindly as to please share it, I would greatly appreciate it with any friends, family, or um, if you would kindly as well go on your podcast listening platform of choice comment rate review subscribe all that bullshit it's a it's a huge major help um to the growth of the podcast and the support of it uh very simple easy to do um and i always i definitely appreciate it It helps this thing grow even more and you guys have been great about it just keep it going um again i i truly do appreciate it all um if you are into streaming i do some streaming every once in a while on our official mixer channel and then you can get in contact with us a couple of different ways. Um, so send in your listener questions. What do you think about the Xbox E3 list? What's your thoughts on cosmetic-only microtransactions? A couple ways you can do that. Send in your listener questions to thehavenpc at gmail.com. You can even jump on our official Instagram page and connect with me there. And last but not least, um, you can click on the link in the description of this episode, as always, and follow it. And you can send me a voice memo via anchor and i can i can play it on the air i can just listen to it. you just let me know you don't want your voice on there i get it just no no sexual harassment please for the love of god i'm tired of those um, <laughs> so yeah with that said guys that's going to do it for me hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, i will talk to you guys this upcoming monday for our weekly tv and movie episode thank you so much yet again you guys and take care